Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is Ryan here. I have a very special guest. I have Angelina Lawton, who is the founder and CEO of Sports Digita, named one of the 30 most powerful women in sports. Uh, this woman's on fire. She's transformed over the way that over 450 of the biggest brands in the world sell, which is unbelievable, and the majority of the sports industry on top of working now with a lot of Fortune 500 companies. So loved her story on how she gritted her way through after a massive failure to become an amazing founder that's absolutely blowing up right now. You're not going to want to miss this. Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Angelina Lawton. Angelina is a trailblazer in the sports business world as the CEO and founder of Sports Digita. She has transformed the way over 450 of the biggest brands in the world sell globally. After early wins, Digitech quickly grew in popularity, now serving 50% of all pro teams in the five U.S. sports leagues, also working with a lot of enterprise B2B companies as well. Angelina, welcome. Happy to have you on the show. Thanks, Ryan. Excited to be here. I've been watching you for a while, so I'm excited to be here with uh, you. That's it. It, it. That means a lot to me. It hits <laughs> me right here. So I appreciate with the love right off the bat. Um, excited about you, too. I mean, you're doing some amazing things. Um, you know, I know Forbes recognized you as one of the 30 most powerful women in sports. And then you've done a lot of other really cool things. So I'm excited to get into this. Um, like I met you in the pre-show, like I, I love having women founders on and that have SaaS companies. And so really excited to hear your perspective and kind of how you got to this point. So real quick, before we go into your, your background, though, I'd like to do a quick revenue rundown, just to understand where you're at in the stage of the journey. So can you just give us an idea in terms of where you guys are at in terms of your ARR? I would say for our AR, well, I'm going to go back a little bit. I'd like to talk about our journey right now as far as a baseball game. And so I would say for us, we're in about like the bottom of the sixth, top of the okay. seventh, Lovely. Um, just as far as where we're trying to get to. And I would say um, our revenues are north of 10 million. Okay, awesome. And then what's your primary go-to-market strategy for growing the company? Um, well, because of how we started in sports, it really has been um, – inbound mostly um a lot of referrals um a lot of you know someone used us somewhere brought us somewhere else but we've expanded on that quite a bit as far as doing you know we've got an inbound team we've got an outbound team and obviously a lot of demand gen things like that but how we started in the first couple years first five years was a lot of just inbound oh love that so obviously your product's amazing i've seen it it looks really really detailed and and um just Visually aesthetic. Have you a quick question? While we're on it, I usually don't go down this route now. But have you? So you got you got the inbound. You systemized that. Did you systemize customer to prospect referrals? Yes, we did. I mean, we've got a lot of refer, really good referral programs. I mean, as far as like inbound and outbound, we're just trying to do both right now. So okay, love that. So let's get into that later because that's uh, unique. A lot of companies haven't done that yet. So uh, let's talk about your team. How large is your team? So we are hovering around that 90 to 100 employee mark. Okay. And that's here based in Minneapolis. And then also we've got New York and Texas and Georgia. Okay. Uh, and then walk us through, and I know I touched upon it a little bit, but your solution, like what it is, who it serves, and can you just kind of do it in a, a paragraph, yeah. a verbal paragraph, Elevator if you will? Elevator. Okay, yes. So, um, so our name is Sports Digita. 
our product is DigiDeck. It's really like what we call our crown jewel. And the DigiDeck is a cloud-based presentation builder. Um, we do customized um, design master decks. We have integrations with Salesforce, um, other types of, you know, BombBomb. We do a lot of um, sports integrations. Um, so we have open API. So we're constantly evolving, really agile roadmaps. So um, basically it's an elevated presentation. So think PowerPoint, but on steroids for anything, a lot of management reports, a lot of analytics, just a lot of really great souped up ways to support and present. Okay. I can see the value in that. We, um, back when I was running an enterprise team, we literally had like a, uh, it was kind of like a Franken deck that we put together of, of like our best hits. Right. And then we would save it, um, on a template in like a cloud format for iPads. So uh, it would have been sweet to have something like what you're talking about because <laughs> it was like the most basic of basic uh, approaches. So um, love that. And then walk us through if you're like bootstrapped or funded. Um, we were bootstrapped up until very recent. So we were self-funded until about 2019. Okay. And so now we have taken on a small round of kind of friends and family from Peak Six out of Chicago, Matt and Jenny Halsizer are running point on that for us. Love that. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, well, so that, that's a perfect segue to the next question. So, the fact that you bootstrapped until a few years ago, I think, is absolutely amazing, and uh, would just love to hear your journey on on how you did that. You know, how you made that a reality, and let's kind of start there. Okay, um, my journey started. Um, again, I have another sports analogy because I do get asked this question quite a bit. So it's a little bit easier for me to talk about it. But so basically like I would say my journey is built into like, like a hockey game, three periods. Um, my first period was, um, working in the financial world. That's where I started. Originally, I worked for a company out of London. My father actually was a CEO. So I worked there, um, for about eight years. I ran point on all of their corporate communications, their marketing presentations, all that good stuff. So that was like really what I did in the beginning years um, when I first got out of college. Um, My second period, if you will, um, was when I started working in the NHL. So that was my, what I term like first is like my wall street years. Second period is my, um, my NHL years. And there I um, was their kind of senior director of corporate communications there as well. So anything with the brand, the logo, um, whether it was, you know, presentations, helping them with, you know, huge pitches, um, down to the ice girls who was picking that in-game presentation. So anything with that brand or logo went through, went through me, which was really, really, um, a huge amount of responsibility that I was just so ready for. Um, because between the first period and the second period is when I had my kids. So I had a little break in there, cleared the ice, but so I was really ready to get back to work. So, um, when I was there, um, I was there for about three years and uh, kind of like a little personal backstory. But so basically um, the owners of the lightning are who hired myself. My husband was the GM. So that really is how I got my opportunity. Um, They hired me on. We were there for three years. We got new owners, new owners, want a new coach and a new GM. And so we were living in, we were from Minneapolis, my husband and I, um, who I'm, I married. He was a professional hockey player. Nice. Um, he, yeah, he um, was let go. So not fun. And I loved my job. 
And I was like, oh crap. Okay. I have to, now I have to quit because they're like, obviously a new owner wants their own people. So I thought to myself, okay, what I'm doing for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I can do for any team. I had really learned the ropes there as far as how budgets happen, how, you know, how approvals get done, um, how teams work as far as for their, you know, their, their naming rights or anything, ticketing, sponsorship. I had learned everything and I'm like, okay, I can do this. So we moved back to Minneapolis and that's when I started Sports Digita. Mm -hmm. And so my third period is really just like my entrepreneur slash Sports Digita years. So that's where I'm living right now. Um, and so I've been at this since 2011. Um, so up until now, so that's like a, what, 11, almost 12 years that I've been working on sports digita. So that's where we're at now. Um, we work with over, you know, I think it's up to over 500 teams now. And then on top of that, now we are going outside of sports into, you know, like the enterprise side. Love that. So, yeah. so when you, when you started, right, like, cause that's, first of all, like, how did you go from zero to one, like find product market fit? And then did you self fund the product as well? Like we'd love to hear just kind of that, that zero to one story. Zero to one. So basically I was acting as an agency first. So it was the first couple teams that I worked with was Minnesota twins, Detroit Red Wings, and then Minnesota Lynx. And so what I was doing is they were hiring me to help them with their presentations. They were used to be called microsites. And so, um, kind of a little bit, you know, not very formal, but just doing these one-off projects, just like an agency would, you know, nothing productized. So it just happened to be that when I did do this project for the Minnesota Twins, it was a presentation. They did really well. They, they were able to, you know, gain the business. It was a, a great deal. And sports is a herd mentality. And so in Major League Baseball, if something good happens, Major League Baseball is really good about this. They're very much... Um, They keep their clubs all informed of cool stuff going on, especially technology. And so what happened was, um, you know, what I did for the twins, other people started to understand and to want to be like, okay, I want this. I'm tired of doing PowerPoint. Our stuff is terrible. You know, sports is so sexy. Sports is so cool. How can we convey that in a presentation? You know, you're selling naming rights. You're selling, you know, whether it's like you know, Subway throwing out the first pitch or whatever they're doing. They just want to be, have a better way of doing it. So um, that's what happened. I mean, and, and it was like, we moved from, I, I would say those first three teams in the first year to like 20 in the like kind of second year. And like for us, I mean, when you first start sports is so impossible to get into. So unless you understand the inner workings of a team, it's just impossible. So I got really lucky. And what I did, what my kind of secret sauce was of how I I was able to do that is I hired two sellers that worked at teams that had really good networks. Uh, Because sports, that's that's how it is. And so literally, yeah, we literally, I remember I I had an intern and we literally went through the five major leagues. Because at that point, that's what I was setting my mind to was the five leagues. Now we know that sports is way bigger now. Like PGA Tour is a big client of ours. F1, you know, NASCAR, all those kind of peripheral kind of type of sports is much bigger. But we literally went through and made a database, handmade the database, who was a director of ticketing, who was a director of sponsorship. And like literally, you know, that was before, you know, HubSpot, Marketo, all that stuff. We were like literally just doing that, like in MailChimp, you know, stuff like that. So that's that's kind of how it started, how it went from zero to one. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. And and so let me ask you this question, because like you, you've, you've done really well to get to this point. It sounds like you just 
had a bad situation that you turned into a really good situation, right? You kind of got forced out of a position and um, decided to do your own thing. And now you're a founder, you know, killing it later. So I guess like, let me ask you this though. And, and what, what would you say is like, cause, cause, and I'm going to pre- preface this with like, there's so okay. many ups and downs that are never talked about, right? Like in the entire process of startups, like you, you look at TechCrunch and it's always like, oh, this round of funding, this, 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 right? Um, so what would you say is like the single hardest moment um, through your journey that you're going through? And then like, what did you do to get through that? And then come through the other side of kind of where you're at today? Um, so it's a great question. It's one I'm asked quite a bit. And I would say in those years at the beginning from 2011 to 2015, when I did not realize that I was a, a tech company, a software company, I thought I was acting as an agency. I was, you know, hiring like a developer one-off here and trying to do stuff. And it's like, I, I'm not, I'm a non-technical founder. Okay. Yeah. And so I was literally trying to run a dev team and productize the DigiDeck without any knowledge. It was like, just completely like, it's a cliche. You know, I was building the plane and flying it at the same time. I will never forget like going down to, we had something, the Seahawks had come on board and that was like one of our first NFL teams. And I was, you know, thrilled to be working with them. And I remember I had one developer and he would ride his bike to work. And he literally did not come in the day that we were supposed to present to the Seahawks. And I, I literally went over to his house and cause he was like, his bike had a flat tire. I literally went over there, picked him up. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't. So it's just like, I would say just not being savvy enough to understand that this whole kind of software was taking on a life of its own. And I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. And if I know now what I knew then, I don't know if I would, have done it, you know? So how I righted the ship was really honestly hiring, um, Corey factor, who is our president who I've worked with for eight years. He literally came on and was like, I think that the, and I, and then I was trying to do servers at the same time and stuff like that. Like it was, our servers went down that day. I was happening to interview Corey that day during our interview. He left the interview to go and figure out like how he could get my customers up and running. I mean, it was such a S H I T show. So anyway, that was how I righted the ship was by hiring Corey. And he's like, he's, he's our president and he runs really, he's like our, our CTO slash president. Okay. And that was the turning point. It sounds like, cause totally yeah. turning point. It was I mean, I, from I then on, he brought on his own dev team. The guys that work here now are, are people that have worked for Corey for years and years. And they've like, they're like 20 plus years together. And so it's just, it's a great group of, group of guys. And there's, I do have one female developer, which I'm happy about. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. I guess kind of kind of fast forward a little bit um, now, like at the stage you're at now. Um, what's what's actually? I got I got, so, I got so many questions for you. I don't know where to go sometimes. All right, so so this one, like, um, I guess, like, 
working in sports is a totally different dynamic, right? And yeah. and same with the corporate world, I guess. Like, what's the weirdest thing and that you've seen on the on the sports side from working with sports people? Um, I wouldn't say the weirdest thing, but the most like shocking thing to me is the biggest brands in the world you would think are really um brand buttoned up um you know like marketing buttoned up and i can't tell you how many times and i and i didn't expect this i can't tell you how many times like i will be talking like for instance like the new york yankees are are probably our biggest client they use us like all across the board um, of their organization they um I remember one time they were, we were putting a deck together for them and they had asked, you know, we were asking them like about their fonts. We were asking them about like branding and whatever. And they're like, well, we don't really have that. Um, can you pick that? And I was like, sure. <laughs> but like, you don't think about that. And then this is like, they're all self saying this. This is not me like saying like, they don't like, they're all like saying this, like, okay, we we are embarrassed to show our PowerPoint, not just Yankees, but like other people. You would think the biggest brands in the world are totally like have their stuff together and they don't. And it's that's why it's like there's been a need for us because these guys are just like have huge brands. They are busy selling. They're busy with what's on the field um, and they just need help. And so that's been the kind of good and bad, um, but but kind of shocking to me that they you know, that that's where we're, where we're at. And so, um, and it's, it's every, it could be like a big fortune 500 company, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, like they're embarrassed to turn their decks over, you know? Um, and it's, it's just because people just don't have time, you know? And so that's why we're filling that gap for people. Yeah. I I can see that. I mean, like, so one of the things that I, I, exactly what you're talking about, the fortune 500 company, we're working with one, they're about like 17 billion. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but they, they had, I don't know, 50 different regions for what they were doing, like just organizationally. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe seven different divisions or something across those 50 regions. And so what happened was um, every, there were some divisions where uh, basically every division was doing their own thing. So, yeah. so think of that. And it wasn't 50, it was 500. So Think of 70 and then expand it out to 500. So every division was segment was doing their own thing. And then there was some that even every single, like of those 500, maybe 50 of them, every single one of those 50 was doing their individual own thing. And that was yeah. like a big fortune 500 company. So like, it totally doesn't surprise me when you get down to Dex, like how it's going right. to be all over the place. Um, right. And so and that brings up a good point. So um, another one of our bigger clients on the um, enterprise side is BDO. And for that reason of what you just said is literally why they bought um, one of their head of their sales of their partners, one of their biggest divisions. They're like, I don't know what Asia's doing. I don't do what know what, you know, France is doing. Like, I need to know what everyone's doing. So that's the beauty of our platform. Like, it all lives in one master deck. So all the analytics, you can see what everybody's doing, all the marketing assets are in there, all the content is in there. It's all been approved by their marketing. So it's just, it's, that's the beauty of it all. So that's just, I mean, obviously like to have a great presentation visually that looks great is one thing, but then like what happens behind it when you send it, what are the analytics, who's, who's got access to it. So it's, it's a, it's a great 
great use case as far as for, for that, what you just mentioned. Well, thank you. And let me ask you this, like, what's, what would you say is like the most insightful analytics that you see from, from your solution? Like, I'd be curious because I have some ideas and assumptions I make, but what's like the most insightful outcomes and insights that, that people get from using your product? Well, I mean, the, so we've got pretty good analytics as far as like when it's open, what they're, what pages they're on, what they're focusing on. But what we're, what we like the best is like when it gets forwarded, when they're opening it, like if it's open somewhere else, like that's important. So, I mean, that's pretty good insight right now. We just did a project for um, a Hollywood studio out of, well, out of LA twisted pictures. They're selling their saw franchise and all that. And they were raising money and they used our deck to raise money. And that was pretty cool because, you know, they were sending it and they couldn't send it unless they had an input, like their, you know, like their user authentication, um, just how it got the people that they ended up doing the deal with was someone that we didn't even send it to that got sent from somebody else. And we knew how it got sent. So it was like really cool stuff. And just what they were focused on, they were focused on a different part of the business than what we, what twi- uh, twisted pictures thought. And so the deal that they're doing now is pretty cool. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I can see, I can see that happening across, I don't know, maybe 15 different use cases with yeah. that as well. I'd love to hear your ideas though, too. Yeah. Offline well, or now or whatever. Like, like, let's say real simple, like an enterprise deal. Um, often what happens is, can you track it down to the email or yeah. like, what's the level, what's the deepest level of, of tracking it gets down to? You don't have to share um, it if you don't want to publicly. No, I mean, no, an email, like okay. for sure by email. Yeah. So, so let's say that, right? So let's say you're working a deal and it's a million dollars plus a month yeah. or 2 million plus a month. What happens is I could see like you get that in there. And it gets sent off to people like here, I'll give you a real world example. We were working on a deal that was $18 million, right? Worked on the deal for two years. It was a 32 person RFP. And we essentially lost that deal. Uh, The reason why we lost that deal is because we found out there was one person that it was shifting to at the end um, after they consolidated all these budgets and everything to a new player that we didn't even know about. And Um, so if we would have had your product, we would have identified right. that super early in the process yeah. um, and yeah. then been able to course correct and then possibly yeah. save an $18 million deal. So you could use that story. Like it really I happened. Love that I love it. The Ryan Staley story. I'm in. <laughs> so um, yeah, we could talk more. I'll give you some other ideas too. Um, yeah. And I mean, just on the analytics front, it's funny because analytics, you know, you hear the words like so many things, but what we find even like a BDO um, or like, you know, I don't know, like, Kaiser Permanente, they just are looking for, from us, just kind of basic analytics. We're not trying to overcomplicate things. We're just kind of, you know, just when did they open it? What, you know, kind of stuff like that. So it also helps for people, the analytics, when you're putting together a presentation. So for instance, for us, like we've got our deck itself is probably like, I don't know, 60 to 75 slides. And when we send it out, we know what people are looking at and not. So then we just cut those slides. So that's like a way for internally for our own selves to become better. Love that. Love that. Okay. So let's shift gears real quick. So talk to me about how you systemize referrals because that's not very commonly done. So how do you do that? Like what's the incentive structure and just like, how did you orchestrate that for your team? So you're saying to me, like, you're asking me like when a lead comes in, what do I do with it? I'm talking more along the lines of like leveraging existing customers to generate pipeline. 
Have you done okay. anything like that or no? I mean, we have, we have, we have a referral program. So like if someone comes in, I mean, it's not very sophisticated at all. Like if we have someone that comes in through another referral, we, um, like there'll be an incentive. I don't know what they do on the sales side for how much they pay for that, but like, we're not doing, it's not very formal, but I don't know. Is that the answer? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of high level. So we don't need to get, um, that makes sense, I guess. Um, so like if someone comes in on inbound, typically they will come in through like a demand gen function, like a, a motion that way. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Customer referrals you're talking about. Yeah. So, so like uh, what? what I, yeah. So it, that's because word of mouth is hard to track, right? So if you got them I've coming got inbound, then. She's giving me an example. She's saying when the Kaiser Permanente came in through the Atlanta Braves, how did we compensate? Um, is that? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Like, just like, how do you structure it? And how do you motivate people to provide more referrals? I guess is kind of what I'm getting at. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm not, I don't know what the percentages that they, that they do, but it's, it's something. Um, but I don't think that it, it's like a huge part, but we do offer that and it happens quite a bit. So. Okay. How about like growing the business now? You've done a lot of great things. Like what would you say is the single biggest challenge that you're running into growing the business with the stage you're at right now? Um, I would say just moving up market for us. You know, we've, we've done really well in sports. We've done really well in SMB, but we're trying to move up market. And that's always, there's a lot bigger players there. Um, so that's kind of where we're, we're living right now as far as trying to crack that code. Are you and obviously like AI is on the horizon and I, we know it's, it's, it's surrounding us and we got to figure out what to do with it. Um, we're going to have our first iteration of, you know, chat GPT in our product, um, second week of May, you know, we're going to tiptoe into this, but we've got about six or seven motions that we're, that the dev team is working on and how we'll incorporate that into our product. So just as simple as for right now, when people come on board, so let's just say Churchill Downs, like Kentucky Derby, they, they just, they came on board a couple of months ago and them or anybody else, the hardest part of onboarding onto our product is to, is the content. And, you know, everyone's like, I don't have enough images or I don't have video or I need help, you know, with the outline and all that good stuff. And so what we've done now is that we're going to incorporate the chat GPT at the beginning function of onboarding. So we're going to be able to give them, you know, like they're putting together a slide. Now they're going to be able to put that in there and then we don't, they don't have to wait to think about all these ideas and what to do. So that's kind of our first kind of iteration into, into that, but just to be able to have a drop down on each of our slides, I think is going to be really helpful. It will help our, you know, onboarding go quicker having them adopt the product quicker, which is obviously super important. And then that, and then even seeing it further eliminating churn, because if they don't use it, they're not going to renew it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I get, I mean, that's a, that's a great use case. Are you doing anything with graphics as well with like mid journey or. Um, um, I know that you said that on your last podcast, I know that they're looking into mid journey. You were, I'm, cause we were, we were talking about that internally here after you brought that up. Um, not yet. Um, we're focusing on the content right now as far as just the text and things like that. Um, but our, our, and our, our AI will be um, pretty integrated with our analytics. I know that they're talking about that. So I'm not sure what Corey has in store, but so right now, I mean, we should, we should have a lot more AI in our product. I would say by end of June, but like we literally like are about face on like everything. We're just like, okay, let's, let's go back over here to AI and let's figure out what we're going to do. Because we know, obviously, I mean, we don't want to be our heads in the sand on it. 
But we don't think like we, our stance on AI though, is that we do think that there's always going to be that human component. And so we want to be able to stick with that, you know, as far as like, you know, you mentioned that there's products that will just put together your presentation. I still think there's that whole element of the human of guiding the brand, guiding the images, guiding the content. But if you're looking for something like from scratch to write about something, I think that's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm not trying to fight it. I'm just going to try to figure out how to embrace it. That's good. Cause uh, there's kind of like a mixed bag response you see on it, right? There's some people yeah. that are totally um, embracing it. And there's other people yeah. like, oh, well, we'll get to it when we get to it, you know, and you're just right. like, they're going to be in trouble, you know? No, and I, I think I mentioned this too when I was out in LA um, last week or the week before, I can't remember, but I was at the conference on the, um, you know, uh, Sports Business Journal's World Sports Congress, all like just, you know, all the sea levels in sports, um, you know, Adam Silver was there, like all Gary, uh, Gary Bettman, all those guys. And everyone is literally, it's like all the buzz in the whole entire conference was just about AI. And what are you doing with AI? And teams want to understand, you know, cause teams are, you know, again, they want to be progressive. They want to figure out how to, how to make that happen. So it's just a, such a big topic. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, uh, exciting and a little scary at the same time. Um, right. But so Angela, unfortunately we are up on time. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they find out more about your company? And then we'll wrap it up. Yep. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and then um, sportsdigita.com or thedigideck.com. Love it. Well, it was really awesome having you on the show and I loved your perspective. I love your journey and congrats on uh, making it through the other side and uh, thriving. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. We will see you all in the next episode. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.